It has been a great journey over the past few weeks as we explore the different elements of the armor of God. And today we're going to finish up with the last element of the armor of God. And it is amazing that God loves us so much that he gave his best for us. He gave his son Jesus Christ who laid down his life willingly so that we could have eternal life, that we could be grafted into the family of God, become part of the body of Christ. It's awesome that God has done these things for us and that he has made it possible that we could live eternally with him and participate here on earth with the things that he is doing. But to know that God did not leave us alone on this earth he did not leave us to our own devices. He has given us the tools we need to stand firm in faithfulness to Him and to work out our salvation in Him. He made it possible that we com can complete the work that He has prepared for each one of us in advance. We can boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ knowing that we have the Spirit of God working through us. And the Spirit of God is going to guide our words and to give us the things to say at the appropriate time. And we know that we have the power of God working in us so that we can bring His good work to completion in our lives. So let us take a moment now and return to Ephesians chapter 6. We have learned about all the elements of the armor of God except for the sword of the Spirit. We have seen how these elements work together to protect the believer. We have learned how they benefit us in our daily battles. Remember, we are in a war. It is a spiritual war. We can be assured that Satan and his cohorts are not at rest. They are fighting with ferocity. The forces of evil will do whatever it takes to stop a believer in his tracks. The, our uh, adversary, the devil, wants to stop us. He doesn't want us to be sharing the truth of the gospel. He will do whatever it takes to put the brakes on our lives. And him and his cohorts will stop at nothing. Therefore, we must be on guard. We must be equipped. We must be ready to fight. And today we are going to explore the value and the power of the sword of the Spirit in the life of the Christian. So let us take a moment and look at Ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 10. And this week will be the last time we go through these verses for a little while. So in Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when 
the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And today we're going to learn about the sword of the Spirit, <clears throat> which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. And keep on praying for all the saints. So today, verse 17 mentions the sword of the Spirit. and We're really going to focus our attention in on the sword of the Spirit today. And we know that throughout the centuries, the sword has been the primary weapon in a battle between one army and another. It is the weapon that was primarily used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. The sword was always at hand and ready to use. The sword is vital to the success and survival of any soldier who is on the battlefield during those times. Without a sword, the sword, soldier would quickly fall at the hands of the enemy. For without it, the soldier didn't have any means of attack, and he had minimal means of defense, because it all, not only is it a, an offensive weapon, but it's also a defensive weapon. And his primary offensive weapon was the sword. And even as soldiers of God's army and the sword of the Spirit is not only a defensive weapon for us, it is also an offensive weapon. And it is the one offensive weapon that we have as soldiers of God's army, as believers in Jesus Christ. So when we look at the sword of the Spirit, we need to know that the word Spirit describes the nature of the sword. It is not a physical sword we're talking about here. Rather, from the context of the scriptures that we just read, we are aware that the sword of the Spirit is a spiritual weapon. We know that this is the primary weapon we as believers will use as we struggle against our spiritual enemies. See, the sword of the Spirit indicates the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Every believer is sealed with the Spirit of God. Do we remember the day of Pentecost? The day of Pentecost, believers were filled with the Spirit of God. And the day any one of us become a believer, we become filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dwells within us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We must remember that the sword of spirit is representative of the power of the Spirit of God working through us. We know that this is a primary weapon as we as believers will use it as we struggle against our spiritual enemies. You see, the sword of the spirit indicates the moving of the spirit in our life. So let us take a moment now and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You see, Jesus told his disciples, 
when he leaves and ascends to heaven, he is going to ask the Father to give the believers another counselor. And this counselor is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who guides us. He is the one who takes us from place to place. He is the one who moves us in the direction that God wants us to go. He is the one who teaches us. When we read the scriptures, the written word of God, they're not going to make any sense to us if the spirit of God isn't moving in us, if the spirit of God isn't teaching us. So as we're reading and learning the written word of God, it's the spirit of God who brings life to those words and opens up the spiritual meaning and the truths in the scriptures. It is him who does it. And it is also the spirit of God who equips the believer for every good work that God has for us. He is the one who equips us and prepares us to move. So let us take a moment and look at John 14 beginning in verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. We know the spirit of God. We know the Father, and we know Jesus Christ because we are believers. We have been transformed into the likeness of God. You see, the Holy Spirit has taken residence in the hearts of every believer. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our resident teacher. The Holy Spirit is our resident truth teacher. He teaches us all things and brings the word of God to life in our hearts. He is the one who brings the written word of God to remembrance. So as we're reading the word of God and we're learning and getting the word of God into our minds at the appropriate time that we need to recall these scriptures to our mind. It's the spirit of God that brings them to our mind. He is the one who brings remembrance to it for us. He is the one who does that. He is our ever-present help when we are in trouble. We can always count on the Spirit of God protecting us and defending us and guiding us. He is our protector and our guide. And every believer depends on the Spirit of God, the sword of the Spirit, to fight our spiritual battles. We are not fighting a battle alone. God is working with us and fighting with us in this battle. And like the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the, the sword of the Spirit is always at hand. It must be ready to we must be ready to take it up and be ready to go into battle at a moment's notice. We must always be on guard and ready to wield our weapon prepared for us by God himself. God is the one who has given us this sword. He is the one who has given us this tool to accomplish his work in this world, to protect ourselves, to defend ourselves, to defend other brothers and sisters in Christ. 
to open the hearts of an unbeliever who can't see the truth yet. And we're speaking the truth and the Spirit of God is working through us. Paul explicitly, explicitly states that the sword of the Spirit is Scripture, the Word of God. The Scottish pastor and writer Thomas Guthrie said, The Bible is an armory of the heavenly weapons, a laboratory of infallible medicines, a mind of exhaustless wealth. It is a guidebook for every road, a chart for every sea, a medicine for every malady, a balm for every wound. Rob us of our Bible, and our sky has lost its sun. From an unknown source comes this tribute to Scripture. There are, these are words written by kings, by emperors, by princes, by poets, by sages, by philosophers, by fishermen, by statesmen, and by men learned in the wisdom of Egypt, educated in schools of Babylon, and trained at the feet of rabbis in Jerusalem. It was written by men in exile, in the deserts, in shepherds' tents, in green pastures, beside still waters. And among its authors, we find a tax uh, gatherer, a herdsman, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. We find poor men, rich men, statesmen, preachers, captains, legislators, judges, and exiles. The Bible is a library full of history, genealogy, ethnology, law, ethics, prophecy, poetry, eloquence, medicine, sanitary science, political economy, and the perfect rules for personal and social life. And behind every word is the divine author, God himself. You see, the scriptures teach us so many things, but the most exciting thing that I think find about the scriptures is the scriptures teach us about the scripture. First and foremost and most importantly it claims God as its author. And as Paul has taught us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 again 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 and 17 all scripture is God breathed all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There is so much in these two verses. It's the word of God is God-breathed. It comes from God himself. We learn from the word of God. We are rebuked by the word of God. God corrects us through the scriptures. We are trained in righteousness and trained to do good things through the scriptures so that we can do the good works God has for us. In this passage, we see the sword of the spirit in action. We see the power of of the word of God. We see the power it has to change our lives. We see the power that it has to change lives in general. We see how it has transformed our own life into what they are today. 
Our lives wouldn't be what they are today without the scriptures and with the without the power of the scriptures and the Spirit teaching us. Men and women of God prepared to fight the good fight, prepared to do the battle with the evil all around us, prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have to anyone who asks us. That's what we want to be, is those who are prepared to do the work of God, to move to accomplish his good work and purpose. And he has given us the authority. The Spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit of God will work through us. The authority of God is in every believer. And he will work in us if we trust him and step out in faith. See, the authority and power of the word of God manifests itself in the life of believers through the sword of the Spirit. It cuts to the heart of the matter. It opens the eyes of the spiritually blind so that they can see, and it makes the most detestable soul clean and in the likeness of God. Do we remember the Apostle Paul who was a murderer and who was one who would see those thrown in prison, who were sitting, certainly going out and sharing the good love of God to people. Paul was seeing them put to death. He was seeing them thrown into prison. And he did whatever it took to stop the gospel message. But God changed him in a moment, didn't he? And the most detestable heart that we can see around us, God has the power to change that heart and to make that heart clean and one who is in service to God and doing his good work. So we should never lose hope for an individual and say there's never any hope for that person because it's not true. There is always hope as long as there is life in that person. As long as they are taking a breath, there is hope that God will open up their eyes to the truth of the gospel. See, the power of the sword of the Spirit is far greater than we may understand or realize. But it is at work in every believer. And the more like God we become, the more the power of the Spirit and the power of the sword of the Spirit will be in our lives. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, Peter said this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of the Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never has its origin, origin in the will of a man. Prophecy only has its origin by the will of God. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Spirit of God who reveals the truth in prophecy, who exposes the truth in prophecy. There is no way that we have any power in and of ourselves to speak any kind of truth outside of the Spirit of God working through our lives. We were having a Bible study this morning in our Sunday school class, and that's the very subject we were talking about that came up, is that I can stand up here and preach anything to you, and you'll believe it if you don't know the Scriptures. You'll believe it 
if you're not in the Word of God. You'll believe it if the Spirit of God isn't working in your life. It is important for every believer to be in the Scriptures, to study the Scriptures, to become equipped for the good work God has for you. It's going to protect you from false teachers. It's going to protect you from the evil that is in the world. It is going to give you a defense in all matters. And the Spirit of God is going to be able to call to remembrance the scriptures that you have read at the appropriate time. See, God has made it possible through the Spirit that we are protected. But we have to get into the Word of God. Otherwise, how do you know what I'm sharing with you today is truth? How do you know that I'm not sharing a lie with you? It's only by getting into the scriptures and understanding what scriptures say that the truth is going to be revealed. And if you're hearing something false being spoken, you're going to be like, there's something wrong here. This is not right. You see, Christians are not onlookers to God's work. We are called runners in 1 Corinthians 9.14 and Hebrews 12.1. We are called runners. We are called fighters. We don't give up. We press forward. We press forward to the prize that God has for us. We are soldiers. We are doers of good deeds. The world should be able to tell a difference between a believer and a non-believer by the way we live, by the way we talk, by the way we serve and help others. The doers of good deeds. We are opponents of Satan. We're not going to allow a little bit of lie to be mixed up with the truth just so we can feel better about what we're learning or what we're reading. We want to be exposed to the truth. Just like the scriptures told us that the Bible rebukes us and corrects us and trains us and teaches us. And when we are learning something and we don't like what it says, we need to fall on our knees and ask God to help us in this area of our life. Because we are opponents of Satan. We are seekers after holiness. And there are countless other names that denote active obedience of the believer found in scriptures. This is just a few. So let us always seek to seek opportunities to share the love of God with anyone who will listen or anyone who will hear us. Let us consider all that we have learned about the armor of God and let us always be ready to give an answer concerning our blessed hope, the hope that we have that's found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let us pray. Holy Father, we come to you again and Father, we thank you for all that you have taught us. We thank you that you have protected us. We thank you that you continue to protect us day by day, Lord, that you continue to change our lives and that you continue to work in and through each one of us. And Father, we just ask that you continue to work through us each day this week. And Father, that you would continue to reveal your truth in our lives and expose the lie, Lord, so that we can live holy and righteous lives before you. And, and before those who see us in the world, Lord, that we would be a light that would shine 
in their lives. And we ask this in the holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.